Hello, and thank you for listening to Sin Files Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we have Kara Peterson, actress, stunt performer. She's incredible. Four foot eleven, ninety-five pounds. An incredible athlete. If you think, what can she do usually at that size? She, I mean, she does a lot. I mean, she gets thrown through walls and. It's an incredible sight to see. Let's talk to her about that. How have all you guys been doing? What have you been watching? What have you been reading? I'm the same. I've been watching Glow. I didn't know they had a season three. So I'm finishing off season three. Great show. Gillian Jacobson, uh, Jacobs, uh, no, that's the wrong actress. Who am I thinking about? Jeez. Hmm. Let me look that up. Oh, Allison Bree. Allison Bree is such a, an amazing actress. You know, it's funny because I'm watching, I'm re-watching uh, Community, and to watch them both side by side is is a very strange companion piece. What have you guys been watching? Give us a call. 515-602-9609. What have you been watching? What have you been reading? We all have our stories to tell. Yesterday I went to my doctor's and... Hey, Kara. I'll be on right now. But I went to my doctor's yesterday and and, um, he did not have a face mask on. I swear to God, if the coronavirus wasn't the leading thing on the planet Earth, I would have choked him to death. I go walking to the market this morning, and nobody is wearing a face mask. So I'm, I'm literally walking in the streets. I know people want fresh air. I know people want like that cup of joe they've been wanting for a long time. But please don't kill me because you want those things. And this thing is not over yet. And the only way we can get over this thing is together. All right, let's bring Kara in here. Kara, you there? Hello. Hello. You got your own clap track. Look at that. Oh, my God. I'm... I feel like such a big deal. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm hanging in. I'm good. Well, before before we get before, before we get started, you know, let me ask you how how are you and your family doing during this lockdown? We're all 
yeah, we're all good. Everybody um, is healthy and safe. We're just, uh, the hardest part is kind of my nephew is, he's almost two. And, and so we're trying to beat like social distance from him and, and, you know, my parents and I, we, we see each other, but we don't, we're very, we're huggers and we can't hug him or each other. And that's horrible. That's really the worst part, but everybody's healthy. I think uh, the, the the blessed part thing is that you're an LA native, so you guys are relatively yeah. close together, right? Yeah, we're actually all in the Santa Clarita Valley, within like three miles of each other. So, wow, that's incredible. It's, it's really nice. Usually, we I usually see my parents. I'm in Run Club with my family, and I see them like two or three times a week. And <laughs> we always have like pool barbecues in the summer. Right. It's just starting to get hot, but we can't hang out. It's I know but, you got to stay inside. You know, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, but it's you know it's it's better to to do this now and just make sure everybody stays safe and limit the number of infections and just yeah try to follow sure. the protocol for now and hopefully that will make it better for the future. Yeah. Just get over it. You know, what, what's the one right. thing you, you, you miss from, you know, before the lockdown? For me, it's, you know, I, I don't want to wash my hands as much. You know, yeah. I, it's, like, it's like, like the little things. Like I wash my hands like yeah. five times within an hour. I feel like a psychopath. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I so know, what, I know. what are the... Like, <laughs> my SCD is on overdrive. I know. Um, <laughs> what's the one thing you miss? You know I think I just miss training, you know, that's yeah. like such a big part of my life when I'm not working, which is, you know, a significant amount of the time it's training. Right. And so it's, whether it's like, and all like, that's my, those are my people and my friends are my team, yeah. whether it's run club or CrossFit or, right. or, you know, boxing, you know, all that, all that stuff. It's some people right. or my family or just my friends that I've made through, like we're like like I said, CrossFit or or right. my Santa Clarita Runners Club is like they're all just have become such a big part of my family and we always right. we we go for coffee on Saturdays after our run and we go to dinner on Thursdays and we just yeah, what is it, what is it about what is it about runners going for coffee right after their run what um, what is that all about you know I guess it's just, you gotta have something to to get you through the end of a long run and I that, yeah. That's it. You're, I'm working for the run. I'm working for the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> sugary treat. The sweet treat at the end of a run that makes it all worth it in the end. Well, I would a- I would beer. ask you, uh, or or beer. That's that's actually a great choice yeah. there. But I, I would I would ask yeah. you, you know, what would made you the athlete you are? But you, I saw a lot of your videos and what have you. You've been an athlete for a very long time. Uh, you've been a gymnast yeah. uh, in, in high school, were you not? And then you were also a cheerleader. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up. My my dad actually was a gymnast um, when he was in college. And so really, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know whether if it's if it's genetics or just just a, the same disposition but we um I've always been since I think I started gymnastics when I was like four which is right right classes and then was always just flipping around at the park my dad would take us to the park and we would just like tumble on the grass and my right. sister 
um, was a dancer, so she was kind of like, you know, my mom would take her to her dance competitions, and my, my dad would take me to my gymnastics competitions. Right. Um, but I did, I, I did it all through, right before high school, I quit um, to do cheer, because I just wanted to have a social life. I thought it would make me popular to be a cheerleader, but... It didn't work you're, out as I planned. <laughs> <laughs> I think people were scared of you. You know, your your cheer is pretty and in, pretty insane. But you know, w- w- was your father a big inspiration for you to get into in, get into into um, into gymnastics? He, he, yeah, I mean, I guess I was so young that I I didn't really know. I just I think my dad was like my parents were like we got to figure she's so hyperactive we got to do something with her <laughs> and then you know my dad just put it put us in whatever um, classes to, to get some energy out. But, but as I grew older, definitely, he, he also was a PE teacher um, hmm. for, like, mentally and physically disabled kids. So wow. um, his, yeah, his patience is really through high. Through the roof. For, yeah, for through us. the roof. Yeah, through the roof. But, um, yeah, it would have to be. And then with, with kids like us, yeah. Um, but but he's always been you know physically active and even to this day he's 68 yeah i think he just turned and he was like yeah i just i, I ran 80 mi- i rode 80 miles on my bike last weekend and what? he still runs half marathons with me yeah so he's in really good shape and wow he's always kind of been my yeah he's he, he's he's the That's age sure where man. you know he must have admired like Mitch Gaylord and what have you like in the Olympics. Oh yeah, 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 totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. Are you gonna surprise he, your sister? He definitely has been. Oh, I'm um, just you know my sister and I are, are both you know we've always been an active family and I think that that dad has kind of paved the way for that for us. <laughs> How, how's your mom? What do, what does she feel about all all the craziness now? She's, yeah, she's she's always been um she's. She's active as well. Um, she is really into yoga and stuff. She was like a softball player in high school, and um, and Jeez. so she she is active. But we we suckered her into she hates running, but we suckered her into joining the run club this last year. <laughs> so um, I think uh, I think she really hated it at first, but the people it's so much the people like the running is. It's a it's such a good motivator and, and accountability yeah. to have um, just, you know, you know, at a certain time there's going to be people there running. And so it just motivates you to kind of get off your bum and and go go work out. And but it's also you get to to hang out with people that you like and meet people that you would never otherwise meet. You know, there's people sure. from all over the world and all different careers and just that you kind of, you brought, you're brought together with this one common interest. And I've made some of, you know, my, my very, very closest friends through, through that. And um, that's also been a a hard part for this whole coronavirus thing too, is that like, we don't meet, we don't meet right now as a run club. So I, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm going to get up at eight and I'm going to go run. And then you wake up like eight and then it's nine o'clock and then you're like, well, it's already past eight. I can't run anymore today. So right. <laughs> you know, without the uh, without the accountability, it's been tough. Yeah. To stay motivated. 
So, so what, what is the, the thing that motivated you to either A, be an actress or B, A, be a stunt woman? What, what came first? Um, I think, well, I didn't really know what stunts was. I think every little girl at some point wants to be an actress or like a rock star famous. Right. Um, so mine, mine, um, I, you know, I think I was 13 and my mom and I were driving around Santa Clarita and we saw this yellow bug like beetle um and it said stuntkids.com like it was like a logo on the back and i was like oh, wow it's really cool let's let's look it up and she was like all right you know don't don't get your hopes up but we can look it up and it was this it was this website um of this guy mike cassidy who was a stuntman he used to double michael keaton yeah and he was like a legitimate stuntman and so my mom's like all right well we can you know get he had this course that was basically like a summer camp, but for like stunt kids. And so she's like, you can go check it out, but don't get your hopes up. And then we <laughs> went and he turned out to be the real deal. And he had these, these courses that were like in depth and he would do a classroom session before each, each um, week of, you know, you, you have to get your headshots, you have to get your SAG card, you have to get, make a resume, make a demo reel. He would show us, some examples and then you would kind of talk about what we were going to go over for those weeks and we did um we did high falls we did rappelling we did wires um we did rushing that sounds amazing yeah it was so i mean and so at that point i think i was 13 i must have been 13 because i remember i did my eighth grade um you, you have to do the like this job fair project and i did mine on being a stunt woman and so i right that 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 was kind of from then I was like, oh, I'm, I want to do this, but not having anybody in the industry, it's really hard to break into or just get any kind of connection. And so I would, my mom would help me send out, we would kind of like type up a little a resume and I made a demo reel and, or my mm-hmm. dad would come out and film stuff and he made a demo reel and would send it out. But then I would, and I would even get calls, but then I was like, well, do you have your sound card? And she's like, no. So um, that was that was really hard. Um, and I did I did do some I signed up for central casting and I did background work. But then everything right. at the time was like this is when SAG and After were still separate. So right. I was doing a lot of kid shows. Like like I looked young, and so I was doing a lot of kid shows. And and those at the time were like like Disney and Nickelodeon were. After well, I, I told you I told so, the audience earlier that that you're four foot eleven, ninety five pounds. So I, I remember when yeah. I first met you. I mean, people think that Marissa Labog is 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 a very small woman, but when I first yeah. met you, I met I met you, I met you at a a stunt event for bowling, and then I I, yeah. I believe I met you at the Tours Awards, and yeah. you are yeah you're a very tiny person, which is not a bad yeah. thing, but. It's not a bad thing, yeah. but it, it's one of those things like anybody who does any kind of training at all would, would fall in love with you because you're the perfect height, perfect size for somebody to train. You're so yeah. compact. No, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Marissa and I are, are pretty close in size, um, yeah. but it's, it's a really good, a, a really good niche of, of mm-hmm. like doubling kids because yeah. you know, they don't want, kids to do they're very limited with what they restrict I should say with what they let kids do and so that's when they have people like Marissa and Jade and Kelly and Emily and and Juliana and I come on and and do uh 
you know, we're kind of all, all ends of the scale, you know, right. like Kelly is teeny tiny and then Emily and, and Marissa and, um, but, but it's kind of a, there's been enough work to go around for us for, yeah. for a long time. And hopefully when this is all over, there will continue to be. But, well, you guys, you guys get thrown through walls. You know, one of the one of the things that I was afraid afraid of when I when I saw when I was going to do this interview was that I have to admit that I've watched you know all these shows that really <laughs> I probably should have outgrown a long time ago. But I still I still watch I still watch a lot of these shows. I enjoy them a great I, I enjoy them a great deal. But you one of your one of your first credits is working for the Hunger Games. Was that was that your first yeah. uh, like professional gig? That no, that was it was very. So I got my, technically, I guess I got my Astra. I joined mm-hmm. Astra in 2009. My very first okay. um, stunt job, like actual wow. union job, was through Mike Cassidy, um, who did the um, did my stunt school, Stunt Kids. But um, he got me a job. He was coordinating Wizards of Waverly Place, and they needed a cheerleader. And so and he knew. I had been, at this point, I think I was 19, so I had been trying for like six seven years trying to figure it out kind of giving up a little bit along the way and then picking it back up you know and finishing high school and then trying to go to community college and then I even went to beauty school um but he gave me this first job I know I got my cosmetology license in between because I was trying to my, my character <laughs> are very supportive but they're all my whole family is teachers you know, my yeah. sister and my mom both have master's degrees and are teachers. My dad is a teacher. And I here I am, like a community college dropout. I wanted to do stunts, but it just wasn't working. And my parents are so supportive. And they're like, you can still pursue this, but you have to have, like, a plan B. So I got my cosmetology license, and I worked in the salon for a couple years until I I was kind of doing both at the beginning just to kind of pay my bills. But I, I did love right. I did love doing hair, but um, it was a, it was not as, as my passion was, was to pursue stunts. And so, um, yeah, Mike got me my first job in, I think it was 2009. Yeah. Wizards of Waverly Place. Wizards of, yeah, Wizards of Waverly Place. And then I did a couple more, like a couple more little Disney shows, um, here and there, um, and I met this uh, stuntman, Rex Reddick, and he really, he was like, oh, you're a great size. And he kind of really, he gave my name to a bunch of people. And my, so he gave my name to John Stoneham Jr., who was coordinating a movie called Super 8. And so that was my first SAG yeah. um, film. Well, Super 8 was um, a great really, film. I, even, I know, I really enjoyed it. I was so, yeah. I was so proud to have, you know, uh, the, you know, before that it was like, the Disney stuff was so exciting, but this is my first like sad that's, show. That, or yeah, that's J.J. Abrams. That's Steven Spielberg. You know, executive right. producing. It's a huge film. Right. Yeah, I got I got to travel on location for a couple weeks. It was such a blast. And I was literally like faxing my sad paperwork to the hotel lobby, trying to get, oh. fill it out before we started like doing our contracts. It was so like last minute because I didn't even realize at the time that right. I I joined after in like 2009 and so this just right. happened to come around in like 2010 like so it had been a year or so and so I joined after and I, I was paid up 
And at the time, if you were after in good standing for a year, you were automatically SAG eligible. And I didn't know that until Kim James told me. And I mean, I looked it up and sure enough, so like I was able to go on this interview to stand next to this actor and I was the same height as um, as Ryan from Super 8 and right. you know and then I it was it just all happened so fast and and after I did that I, I had to ask my um, the owner of the salon that I was working at I had to ask for two weeks off and she was she was hesitant at first but she was really cool about it in the end and um, and yeah. It was like the most amazing experience, and from that point on, I was like, okay, I want to, I really want to try to pursue this. So. Yeah, I find that I find that my second. Yeah, I find that amazing that you're 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 working on this this huge film, and then you also have to call in and, and say, can I have a couple of days off from from okay. hair from hair work? Yes, 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 and it, it you know, and that's like salon that I worked at it's called Insta and it's still there um nice. the owner was like a she could be really scary but she was she's a brilliant cosmetologist and and stylist and but she was so yeah. I was so afraid of her to ask her for time off and, <laughs> and every time I would get a job for like the next I was probably I probably worked there for like another two years after that and finally I got to the point where I Rex had called me for a job and it was like the next day and I was like scrambling right. to get my shift covered and I couldn't, but she was like, whatever, just go ahead. And I finally had to make a decision like, okay, I need to put all of my energy in whichever right. career path I choose, but I'm not, I'm just doing half and half right now. And I need to, so I just kind of made the decision to pursue stunts full time. And it's, it's been a good not going to lie, it's been a good, a good choice <laughs> so far. How, how did your family feel? Did you, did you have to contact your family and let them know what's going on? You know, they, I was like, I've always, I've been really close with my family. Um, I think I was probably, I was still, I was still living at home at the very beginning when I was first working. Um, I think I was like 19 or 20. And, and so they've, but they've always been so supportive of me and, um, especially like when they see like success, like all, all my parents have ever wanted for me is just to be happy and to be comfortable. Right. Like I don't have to be rich, but to be doing something I love that can support, can, I can make a living at, that's all they ever wanted. And, um, and so at the beginning, I think they were just really happy that I, you know, had my I had I still keep my cosmetology license up to date in case anything ever happens and I need to that's kind of my fallback. So I think that makes them feel more comfortable too. But right now after it's been this is like ten, eleven years now, I I know they're they're just they're so proud of me and they're they're very supportive and they're they're nice. um, the best. Well, you, I love my parents. You moved on from here and you you went to the Hunger Games. Now your your first your first thing on IMDB is, is Hunger Games as one of the one of the uh, people that raised their hands. So this is the first time you actually yeah. did stunts for Hunger Games. Yes, yeah. So I only worked in the first Hunger Games, um, right. but the it was it was kind of like a they needed people that looked young that right. maybe had a couple lines of dialogue to to die because it was like the whole the whole cornucopia thing and the big fights and right. and all like the, the gauntlets and stuff so they're basically just 
stunt people. So we went in. I think, again, Rex had given my name to Chad Stahelski. So he called me to go in, in, in on this audition. And, and sure enough, it it worked out. And, and I got on for, like, it was, like, I think it was, like, five weeks, seven weeks or something. Of, for the one we did stunts for? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so it, was, it was kind of like a stunt acting part, but right. we, we didn't end up having any dialogue. It was just, or like, at least I didn't. We were just the tributes. And I had, at the time, I didn't really know. I hadn't, hadn't read the books. I didn't really know how kind of massive the whole thing was. Because this was just the very first one, and so they just needed right. they needed like tributes to die. So they were just like <laughs> they hired some people, and we just you know we did this huge fight. We shot it for like two weeks, and it's like you know ten seconds of the movie. Don't go right. until you'll miss us. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but that was I mean they we we got to go to the premiere. We got like all like. Even though we were basically stunt people that had no dialogue because we were tribute, tribute they right. made a huge deal about it. And like, you know, usually, usually they don't care about us. And we don't get, we don't get to go to the premiere. But um, I don't agree with that. But that was a pretty. <laughs> I would think it would be different most of the time. It's very similar yeah. and important. But, I mean, you wouldn't have yeah. a movie without stunt people. I mean, you wouldn't have a t- you, the TV the TV shows that we're about to talk about very soon. The utility stunts that you do, you wouldn't have a television show w- without you there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why I'm, I I see both sides of the the Oscars category thing. Where as stunt people, we are not we don't become stunt people to become famous. We don't because of notoriety. You know, we we have our stunt awards. We have that for for our um, peer group, but at the same time, there's this Emmy, there's an Emmy category yeah. for stunt coordination. So I, I think that there should be a, a category for at least for the stunt coordinators. You know, there's a category well, let, for every other. Let, let's just let's just get it th- let's just get this out of the way. You know, I mean, I was going to talk to you about this at the very end, but you're talking about this now. You know, what, what do you think about the Oscars not giving uh, yet? Not giving Oscars yeah, out for yeah, stunt coordinators would, and stunt people. Yeah, you would you would hope that it, at, you know at some point that it will happen, but um, but like I said, well, Brad, I, I, Brad, Pitt, I, Brad Pitt can get an Oscar for playing a stunt man. I don't see why right, <laughs> I don't I, I don't see why stunt people can't get an Oscar for being stunt yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who pissed off somebody at the at the Academy, but it's, it's um, <laughs> I think it's just. It's something that that no, I mean, all departments are equally yeah. important. There's you can't have a movie without lighting, without sound, without wardrobe, without background, without stunts, without actors. And you know, actors are of course the face, and they're they're not uh, expendable, you know, as kind of the rest of us could could be. But but every you can't have a movie without all of those departments equally and, right. and it seems unfair that every other every other department, you know, has an Oscar category except for us. Right. And like you said, you can't have a movie. They show the trailers and it's all you know, it's all action. Right. And, and it's so much more than just like like Hulk Smash, like, you know, the stunt coordinators <laughs> are in charge of 
They have they yeah. have some from the from the pre production and budgeting and then they're they're almost second unit directors. The, the way they have to do the action, yeah, the way they have to yeah. film it, they have to know lenses, they need to know yeah, it's it's insane. Exactly. Exactly. Like so much. And and a lot of times, you know, certain directors of course, but some directors look to the stunt coordinator to design the action to get the best right. possible outcome for the film and it's right. It's, you know, without that, it's not just, it's about keeping everybody safe, the entire, right. the entire set safe, not just the stunt right. department, you know, right. but it's, it's so much more than just, you do that and go there. They design the action, they hire the players, they make right. sure everything is, you know, they hire the right people, they make sure everything is executed properly and safely and um, well, so Marissa Labog, what, Marissa Labog was on on Logan. I mean, if if they weren't watching after her, she would have flew off the car. Uh, she would have broke her oh, neck. Yeah. I mean, they they have to yeah. be careful with her. And a lot of times yeah. in, in these scripts, and a lot of times in the copy, it says fight ensues. I mean, right. who they have to create that fight yeah. from pre for exactly. previs. Yeah, right. That's all the you know the stunt the stunt coordinator, the fight choreographer, like you know, and and it's. At the very least, a stunt coordinator who is kind of in charge of the hiring, in charge of all of that coming together for the film is, right. you know, you, the, I think that, that they should maybe get recognized or just have a category. But on the other hand, it's it, and, and not in a sense of like, look at me, I won an Oscar, you know, it's, right. it's not about notoriety of just, you know, I want to, I want to be famous or I want people to know, you know, we don't. Right become stunt people to to be famous, you know, but but it just I think it deserves more than it's getting for sure. Well I was talking to Gary Warren, a good friend of mine just the other day and I had him on the radio and he was um he believes the opposite. He believes that you sh- that as stunt coordinators they should not get an Oscar and they want to be he should be hidden and behind those closed doors. Right. But l- let me ask you that question that you said that, you know, um why did you become a stunt actor if not to have a certain amount of, of popularity, if not a certain amount of, of uh, panache? Yeah. Um, I just, I grew up loving movies and what, you know, wanting to be the pink power ranger or, you know, Buffy. Yeah. Um, and just like, you know, oh, I love Buffy. That, that was, I need to, I know. So it's like yeah. Sophia Crawford to me is the real Buffy. And yeah. She's one of my, <laughs> she's one of my idols, but um, yeah. just like, just like, it's kind of like make believe, like you get to do it for real life, but you don't right. have, and, and for me, like for me, dialogue is terrifying and I don't like it. I would rather run away from the camera and you never see my face. Um, but, but for me, like I've always been active and kind of, use my body to express myself as, you know, as far as like physical activeness and, um, and I just have always enjoyed that. And so getting to do it for, you know, movies, which I've, I, you know, I've always loved movies and TV and stuff. And so right. for me getting to do that, but you don't have the, I like that, you know, of course it's nice to get appreciated or for people to like give you props. For, for something that you do because we work we do work really hard for it right um, but it's nice to have like this sort of the anonymity of being oh we can go we go out to the grocery store and nobody knows who we are you know and, right. and that's cool 
But then you right. know, then you can watch a movie and like, yeah, oh, that was me. I can't believe that's your attitude. I can't believe that's your attitude. I, I would think that you would want people to recognize who you are or to see who you are. Did you did you say that you don't like your face to be on screen? Yeah, I don't like. It. It's just like weird. <laughs> I, I just don't like dialogue, and it's it's. See, I can, I can understand why a person like myself would say. I don't want my face on screen because I, I have kind of I have the face for radio, but I, I don't understand why you would say I don't know why you would say that. I mean, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, and you did a lot. You did. Yeah, well, you did a lot of things where people need to look at you. Like your cheerleading was exquisite and very acrobatic, very, very. I mean, no, there's not a lot of people that can do what you can do. And people are going to stare yeah. at you as you do it. So it's one of those things of yeah. like, I don't know. I don't I, Sometimes I don't, I really don't understand where you're coming from, but I, I guess I understand yeah. the kind of shyness. Yeah. It's, it's weird because I'm, I'm not a shy person. I'm very outgoing, like love to kind of be this. My sister and I are at weddings. We're always the first ones to dance and you know, kind <laughs> of like the life of the party. Right. But I think maybe there's something about like when it's, on film or like I'm I'm the person that's like take a picture seven hundred times like no 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 I like ugly do it again do it again but so I think there's one thing oh you're one of them you know, oh yes I'm one of those I know I'm the worst but oh. but I think there's something about you know you're your harshest critic and seeing yourself on TV or you know as you know, maybe not the way that you would be dressed. That you, that you would dress yourself or that you would choose to do your hair and you're like, yeah, I look stupid, but right. But at the end of the day, I'm not, I, I, if it's like, you know, um, stay aligned before you fall down the stairs or before you get shot right. or whatever, like I, I would rather stay aligned and get shot than, than not have the job at all. So it's, right. it's something that like, I, I have taken acting classes and, and improv and stuff to, to be more comfortable in auditions and on camera, but it's still, if, if I could just double somebody and not have dialogue, that would be much more ideal than, than having dialogue. You're crazy. Yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, to me. No. <laughs> it's, it's just so parallel to your personality and, and to the way you are. It's so abstract to the to, yeah. to how your training is, to how your personality is privately, to how you do it professionally. Yeah. I, I guess I guess it does make a lot of sense. I was going to ask you a question. You know what? what how do how do guys feel? Because you, you do double a lot of boys. How do how do boys yeah. feel when you, when you double them? Do they, do they feel weird yeah. about that? I think sometimes they do. The older they are, like there's like a, this age where they're they're so young to where they don't really notice or care they're just excited right. to have a stunt double and then there's like a little bit older age where they are like comfortable enough in their sexuality that they don't they're not threatened by it you know like right. 14 or something but there is a little you know most of the time they're just they're young so they're relatively new and they're just so excited and enthusiastic to be on set and to have a stunt double that they're right. they're pretty cool. But sometimes they, I think sometimes it makes them uncomfortable. And and I, I, I think I can gauge it pretty well. So if I if I right. feel like or if the coordinator maybe says something, um, I'll just like hang back and and you know try to. <laughs> 
do this, you, do you get the sense that sometimes they feel like they can do it themselves? Sometimes, um, if it's if it's something like 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 I said, like kids have have such restrictions on what they're allowed to do. So sometimes it's just right. like hanging in a wire or being up, you know, six feet and jumping off, you know, something that that any ten year old would love to do. Sometimes they're right. Like, Right. It's the law. It's the rules. I would. I would think yeah. if I had a stunt double, I would. I would make it. Like I made it. Like oh, thank God, I don't right. have to fall down the stairs. I made it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that's uh, maybe an older, uh, more mature way of thinking for these <laughs> than these kids do. They're still anxious and they don't. Maybe you don't realize, you know, you're fearless when you're young because you don't know the consequences of stuff. Um, right. I guess so. I, you're, you're making a lot of sense. So you, you worked on a lot of shows that, you know, a lot of adult you know, actors, or, or I would say that people that play adults in a lot of these shows that, you, that you're on these shows with, I've, I've, I've talked to a lot of them. And one of them, one of them is Video Game High, where I've had a, a lot of actors who played like teachers and what have you, and you're being you're doing stunts for that show. How how was that experience like? Um, that was you know really cool. It was kind of um, I was sort of early on in my career, and um, I was I think it was because I was training at Action Factory, and and in Eric London was like it you know. It's, he he hired like a bunch of young people and yeah. um and it was just like a good opportunity and it turned out to be that was actually something that I had had to stay aligned and then get shot in um <laughs> but it but that was really cool and, and Freddie Wong and those guys are just amazing and yeah at, for for what they were doing and the the level that they were at with their visual effects was just incredible so it was really right. cool um to kind of be a part of that, like grow, growing with them, you know, we were all kind of starting out and and young and, and right. you know, just we were. It was it was really cool to be a part of that. Um, and then it, I it ended up turning into he did something else for um, for Fantasy Factory. Freddie Wong did this thing for Fantasy Factory, and so I got to double Chanel West Coast and. And meet Brad Dude, I can go to the Fantasy Factory and that's I I was like a huge fan of Robin Big and Fantasy Factory. Yeah. Like I was so super fangirl and so like that was really cool too. <laughs> and um and then you know, video game high school kinda of went on to be and then it, it, it went on Netflix and then I somebody would you be did. like, hey, on video. like <laughs> a bunch of people would tell me that they recognized me. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know it. I was like some web series, you know, you didn't yeah. you don't you don't think of it. I've been. Oh God, I've got a lot. I got two clips from that in my demo reel. Thanks, Eric yeah. Linden. <laughs> well, we we have a we have a large audience right now. We have thirteen hundred people listening right now, and it's and it's it's been growing ever since we've been ever since we've been talking. When when I do research on somebody that I'm talking to, I always watch your shows. So I went back and, and watched a lot of these shows. It's it's very interesting. Do you know Marissa Labog very well? Because you guys seem to have I a very yeah. you guys have to seem to have a very similar track uh, on your yeah. on your on, yeah. on what you worked on. Yeah, it seems I do. I know Marissa. I know Marissa very well. Um, we actually were just our. I think both of our last jobs of the year. Actually, maybe not hurts, but we were in Rhode Island for like a week together. That's right. At the end of the year, yeah. but. 
And but we have, I think, I think it kind of works that way. Like with the kid doubles, we, right. you kind of, you know, like a lot of times there's movies or shows where like, like, especially Disney, for example, like you got the brother and the sister and then the younger sister. And so like the whole kind of family. So, you know, multiple times there's all, all kinds of process. So you have like multiple right. kids. So that's multiple kid doubles and, and same time uh, with features, you know, if you have right. like, for Super 8 example, there was like four four young kids, and and then for Hunger Games, there's you know probably like 24, and you know so it's kind of you kind of do follow the same path or end up in the sure. same circles. You know, the scent community is already it seems big when you're trying to get work and get started, but it's it's right. very small and, and intimate, and you know a lot of people. Knows, well, yeah, well, I, I think I, th- I think I say it's very small with the people that are incredibly skilled. I see you and Marissa Labog. Your your skill levels are are the gold standard. It's very it's, yeah. you guys are very scary yeah. on. Yeah, you, you guys are very scary in the amount of skill that you have. I've been teaching for over thirty years uh, martial arts, and to watch you guys go out there and do what you do is is incredibly impressive. And there's not a lot of people yeah. I talk to where I'm like. Wow, that's really that's really nice. That's really impressive. I li- I like their skill, I like their resume, but I'm not intensely impressed. But when I watch you guys move, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's insane. Aw, thank you. Are you so welcome? Happy. Well, you know, you, you, yeah. another great show that you worked on that I love to death, which is Vegas. How was how was Vegas oh, like? Because I've talked to a thousand people who've been on Vegas, and I just love that show. Yeah, um, that was, is that the one, that was the Dennis Quaid one? That is. Yeah. Um, I, oh, you got I, a great I, memory, look at you. Yeah, I'm trying, well, I, I got shoved into Dennis Quaid that day, so I think, but I, that was a fun <laughs> day, I was literally, uh, I think I had two days, um, one of it, I was so excited because it's, um, they shot it at Santa Cruz Studios, which is like three minutes from my house. So I went to my fitting and I was so excited to be able to, I love working there because it's so close. And nice. then we ended up shooting in like downtown LA or something. But um, I was <laughs> a, uh, I played a uh, stunt young hooker. So <laughs> all my training paid off for for that job. <laughs> You where you get to play a prostitute. That's fantastic. Yes, yes. That's when, it, when I get to go home and say, "Mom, I've made it." <laughs> well, it was a popular um, show. Did, did you did you did you enjoy working with actors that that have been around for quite a long time? Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was it's, it's cool. I you know I definitely get starstruck, but like as a stunt performer, I try to like keep it cool. You know, there's only a cut, like very very few people that I would like maybe ask for a picture with or something. I always try to get pictures with the, the kids I'm doubling. If I can kind of like feel off the situation. Yeah, I see. I, I saw a I, lot of the pictures of you and you and the kids that you double. It's, it's, it's hilarious yeah, to watch. Yeah, I know. A lot of people see, you know, a girl like, you know, Marissa or, or all of all of the kid doubles that are girls yeah. that like, you're like, you, you can double a boy. And you're like, yeah, put some, some shorts on and a wig and I'm ready to go. So I like to have those to, um, you know, to send off yeah. if I'm like submitting my resume for something. I'll send like a picture of like regular yeah. and then like, hey, look who 
that I can transform into a boy. Um, Let me ask you a question before we move on to your, to your resume again. Do you, do you feel, you know, like a certain amount of soreness these days from all the, all the work you've done? Do you, do you, do you ache sometimes? Because you work I out do. all the time and you train all the time. I do. Yeah. I do. And I try to, um, you know, I try to get, that's not something else I miss also is massages, but I try to, yeah. um, I try to take care like as much as I can. And I, I'm probably not the best at like when I feel something ache, I kind of right. just try to like push through it and I'm trying Power to be through better it, yeah. about yeah, about like, okay, listen to your body, you know, like if you take a day or a week off, you're not going to, you're not going to lose all your skills. Um, but it doesn't, you know, and I'm, I'm not a, I'm not old, but I'm not young anymore and I'm not a spring chicken. So I'm just, you know, <laughs> Are you choking? <laughs> well, you're, you're yeah. too old to, you're too old to die young. I mean, we'll say, we'll say that. Yes. But I'm still, I still think I'm young, but I definitely you are young. feel, I, thank you, bless your heart, um, but I do feel, you know, um, the old injuries kind of, you feel them yeah. a little bit more, just, yeah. just like stiffness and tightness. I've been relatively lucky in my career and haven't had too many um, injuries. You know, as far as yeah. as far as like serious injuries. I only ask because, like Marissa, like Marissa, you're a true you're a true athlete. So it it, it you know I ask that question because you guys train all the time. And you you have a certain muscle mass that you have to keep up, and you have a certain right. etiquette that you have. It's a lot like Tammy Barrett as well, where you guys work extremely hard at what you do, and it must be very difficult on your body. I don't ask men because I don't really yeah. care. You know, you know, they're, you know, their answers are always going to be, you know, very macho, but yeah. I, you know, th- this is probably the first time I've ever asked a person because I, I want I want a real answer from a person who trains as hard as you do. Yeah, I do. I do feel stuff like, you know, when I get sore, I try to train and be strong and, you know, eat healthy, live a healthy lifestyle so that I right. can recover faster and, try to um even things like I got this sleep tracker thing just to try to track my sleep and my recovery to try to oh, um, get nice. optimal performance and to try to you know be at the best that I can be and to stay strong so I don't you know so my muscles protect my bones and and stuff like sure. that um but I definitely do like all always there's tweaks or like you know, you feel pulled, but like I said, and nowadays, I think a lot of time, the old, like, the old days were, you know, the OG stunt days where guys would just, like, F themselves up to do something yeah. and just, you know, smash the shit out of themselves and, right. um, and, and get, get the shot and, and you know, and, and they would get up and do it again and just, but nowadays it's, it's kind of more about like longevity of the performer and, you know, coordinators try to, you know, every, there's, there's thumpers and there's things that are going to hurt, but everybody takes kind of as many steps as possible to right. keep the performer safe. And it's, I always say if there's like an injury, it's, it's because something went wrong, you know, most of the right. time we rehearse and we try to eliminate all that 
Um, well, nothing, 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 name any names, but have you ever had an experience where you didn't feel like a stunt coordinator was looking at your best interest for your health? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely been some, um, and those, I think just over the years, I've learned to, um, to not be afraid to, to say no, it, especially at the beginning, you just want to please everybody and you don't want right. the reputation of somebody that's a weenie or wouldn't do this exactly, like stir yeah. the pot. But um, I think as, you know, and, and um, Jade Kwan, who's, um, she's one of my V10 sisters and she's yeah. kind of, she's also a kid double and she's really, she's, she's great, a brilliant stunt performer and she is yeah. always, like, she's, She's a badass, but she's also like no BS, and she will tell you how it is. And she's somebody who has really taught me to to say like she's like because she's been there. She's like I knew I should have said no, and I didn't. But and then I right. broke my face, you know. And so she's like, and so then <laughs> she has like to learn. She's like, don't make the same mistakes I did. If something is, if you're not comfortable with something, you don't necessarily right. have to say no, but you can say like. I would be more comfortable if we did it this way or could we try this? So you're not, you know, um, flat out saying no, but you would hope that you, you know, for the most part, you know, you do see coordinators that only care about pleasing the producers and and saving money and, and just doing whatever they want to do and not really caring about you. But for the most part, I would, at least for me, I feel like I've had pretty good experiences with, Right. coordinators going to bat to you and saying like like no that's not safe or trying it themselves first or you know just like not putting you in a situation that they themselves wouldn't be comfortable in so, right um, I, w- I would are- think that because you, you've worked on, on some pretty extravagant and very professional uh, sets I would think that a lot of times that they, they they would really hire the best of the best in that field yeah 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 the I I you know, most of the time that is the case. A lot of the ones yeah. like lower budget stuff is kind of when you get into some hairy situations, but not all the time either. Um, right. And and so there are definitely situations where you kind of feel like you're like, well, maybe that wasn't wasn't the safest, or or I'm not comfortable, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, but now, like being where I am now, I I still want to please everybody and have a really hard time saying no or right or that I'm not comfortable with something but I will and and right. I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like well if that person doesn't want to hire me because I said no um then, that, right. then, then that's okay I you know um and I always try to if, if I'm not comfortable with something I'll say it right right off the bat and say you know right. who'd be better at this or you know who's better at this is you know, so-and-so and, and just pass along the information. And I think that goes a long way with, with right. coordinators. They, everybody wants the safest person and the best person for the job. But most sure. of the time, that's, that's how it goes. You know, I, I, I'm kind of used to a lot of stunt performers, male stunt performers, just going through the motions, not making a, not making a complaint, um, having it go a little dangerous, and then later on complaining continuously about that stunt coordinator and it's like you know if you're not going to say anything on set to the person i don't know why you're continually complaining it's like you you really should be saying something on set to this person if you feel like it's going to be dangerous but i don't see the i don't see the motion of going through six months of i hate this guy because of this 
Right. Right. I mean, I can see both sides of, of where, right. you know, you, you're, you're angry that somebody put you in that position in the first place. And then right. at least for me, you know, I wouldn't bad mouth them. I just wouldn't work for them again. If that were really the case, right. I just would say, you know what, I didn't feel safe with that coordinator. I'm not going to take any jobs or going to be really, you know, ask what the gag is. And then if it's something that's like, okay, like, I can do this safely, you know, um, but if you're, you know, ultimately you're the one that makes the decision and and there is a stigma behind people that, you know, that we, I think people are trying to to get rid of, but that you, you know, if you say no, you're a weenie or you're not qualified or you can't do it. But so, you know, I think maybe some of that anger comes from. Right. Being angry that you're put in a situation that you're not comfortable right. in, but ultimately it's you. You you hope that the stunt coordinator is the one that's that's you know vying for everybody's safety, but sure. ultimately it's the performer's consent. You are the one that you signed the contract, you took the job, and if you decide to do it, you know, right. you're the one. Right. Unless something, you know, unless they do something behind your back, like. Again, that would be something that I probably would just not work for that coordinator again. But I, I right. can understand the anger. But Sure. Well, before we get on to, to Sons of Anarchy, which I love to talk about, let's talk about Jesse. You worked on Jesse, oh, okay. which I, 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 yeah. I actually, it's one of those shows where I was afraid to say I love that show. I really love, <laughs> <laughs> I really love that show a great deal. What was it like working on that set? Um, that was really, that was, uh, really fun. And, um, you know, a lot of times with the Disney shows, like it's the same, you know, they usually only go for like one or two seasons. So all the crew kind of bounces around. So it's a lot of the same, you know, crew members. And so that, or or directors. And and so that kind of makes it feel more of like a family vibe. And, um, all the, the kids were great. Right. Um, I got to, I got to double Cameron, um, which was which was really cool. I saw that. That was um, hilarious. Really sweet. Yeah, yeah. He was a really sweet he was one of the ones who was super talented. Like he was a break dancer and he could do he could tell like he could do back handsprings or I remember we did this like gymnastics episode and I was like I mean I did some giants and, and some tumbling stuff, but really he could do back handsprings and, and and stuff. Um, wow. And like, Why can't I do this stuff? Yeah, he, he was really <laughs> talented. Really talented, really. So I was, yeah, I worked on that show with Marissa a lot, and we got to do this really, really fun, like three-minute sword fight. We were fencing, and that that was really fun. <laughs> she used to double um, Karen. Yeah. Really, really fun. Marissa Labug's a, a great dancer as well. She's a great uh, yeah. dancer, yeah. great break dancer. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think fighters that were um, or like dancers that start to train fights become really good fighters like Tara Mackin and even Jade Kwan and, and Marissa, they're all um, dancers, breakers, and then, you know, move on to, you know, they're just, I think it's the, the body awareness, the flexibility, the remembering choreography, you know, they, they become really good, really good. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're really amazing. Good fighters. 
So you, 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 I mean, you have a gigantic, I mean, a really big resume. I mean, you, I mean, right after that, you worked on, uh, you know, Agents of Shields, Glee, which is a, which is a great show. Yeah. I mean, Glee was yeah, one of those shows that was very hard for people to get on. Yeah, well, that was just uh, a cheer, another cheerleader show. I think um, that must have been, I must have gotten hired to that through Tim Davidson. That, you know, that just kind of goes to show, like, that was pretty early in my career. And I had gotten, um, I had done, I did a car hit for Tim Davidson. And that was the first time I met him. And I guess he was happy with with my work. And he was like, nice. I can't believe how young you look. And so he, they needed like a young cheerleader to do something. And so he put me in for Glee and, and I was a cheerleader. And, um, nice. I got quite a bit, a bit of cheerleader jobs, but I like, I, I love, I used to love cheer. I, I, I wonder why. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, well, the, the, the interesting thing about working on Agents of Shields is is every single person that I've, that is a stunt performer that I've talked to, they don't really get credits for working on Agents of Shields. I, I don't I don't really understand that. Do you mean like they get um, like when they're trying to put it on their IMDb or? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's usually like an uncredited, oh. Oh. you know, stunt performance oh, or weird. you know, it's like that's kind of you odd because I, you did a big move on yeah. that. I, yeah, yeah, you would think, I, I always, I never understand how come sometimes it says that, because, like, you'll be, like, the lead double on something, and then it will say, sure. and you're like, okay, whatever, um, but I worked on, I've only worked on the pilot episode of that, so, maybe oh, really? that's why, yeah, okay, so maybe that okay. has something to do with it, before they well, you... got wiser, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you worked on Sons of Anarchy, which is which is a great show. Uh, you know, very physical show. There's a lot of violence, there's a lot of explosions, there's a lot of different moves in that show. How was it like working on that set? I mean, that, that's very different than oh. working on the kids' shows you worked on before. Yeah, yeah, very different. Those are um, a lot, a lot more f bombs on shows like that. <laughs> yes, um, but um. And it's, it's different, like, seeing all the times I worked on it, we were on location. I'm, yeah, I don't think I ever worked on, like, a soundstage when you're on, like, a four-camera show. It's, it's a lot. It's shot a lot faster. It's The, the pace is different. Um, and then when you're on location, it's more, like, single-camera stuff. And um, it's just it – is, it's a very different vibe. Things take a little bit longer. Um, and the action is usually more – um, like violence, especially for right. like Sons of Anarchy. So, um, yeah. so that that was, and I I was uh, I got to do my my very first uh, full fire burn on that show. And oh, you did a fire burn really, on that show. Yeah, I doubled. Um, what was her name? It is the girl that played Tig's daughter. Oh uh, no! Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was season five. So that was like, that's, in, that's insane. How how was it? How was the experience like? And it was it was it was cool. It was scary. I I mean, I had Eric Morris called me. And he was like, "Hey, like, are, do you want to? Have you ever done Fireburn before?" And I was like, "No." And he said, "Would you like to?" And I was like, "Sure." And um and so I got 
you put me in touch with Mark Chadwick and he set me up. He got me, I bought my, uh, my fire gear through him. He explained everything to me. He gave me a little tube to go home with to practice breathing through. Um, and, um, and then it was so Mark Chadwick and Jason Gray and Tanner Gill on the day that were my fire safety guys. And it really is, I'm a, I'm a good listener and I, I pay attention and I, I, I think I can retain information, and and so I right. did everything that they that uh, Mark told me to do. Um, but really, it's the guy, it's the setup crew that that makes it safe. And I knew that going into it, that I was in in good hands, or, you know, with them. And it it went well, and and I walked away with no. How, how does it, how does it that. feel to be in that suit while while the while the fire because it's stealing all of your oxygen. As you're as yeah, you're moving, yeah. So so, so yeah, what is it? What so does it feel it, like? The, well, for me, I think the you know, it, it only is like I think mine was like maybe twelve seconds or something. So it's right. not, um, it's not as it feels like a lot longer. And and the more you know about fire, you hold know, on, I'm gonna stop you right the, there. You're you're talking about being twelve seconds on fire, okay? That's that's <laughs> that that is a long time. Okay. It, don't yeah, don't say that's not a long like time. Fear. That is a long time. Okay. <laughs> it does. It, it does feel like it. You know, it is a long time. And um, and I think I my first one was, I can't even remember. I think it was a little bit shorter than that. And then we did one more. Um, and and I think there, are, you know, um, it it's like you're in your you're just like in an orange world. That's what how how Mark explained it to me, this is going to be in your own little orange world. And, um, and I think, and I ended up just holding my breath because I didn't want to breathe in flames or, or any um, smoke or anything. And and the more experienced you are, the more you can find that, like if, you know, you lean forward, you know, from your back, like you, you can kind of manipulate or, you know, which way the fire is going. So you can manipulate the flames and you can um, find breath through that but um that's still like you have to be you know experienced and at that sure. time I just was like no I'm I'm just gonna hold my breath and but you know especially like I'm not great with holding my breath anyway but when you're it's cold it was freezing it was nighttime and the you know fire gel is is cold and it's been in like an ice chest and so you're I'm, I was freezing and and you're trying to hold your breath, and also my adrenaline was pumping. So, like, just holding right. for, like, 12 seconds. And then also, like, Tanner was like, when I put you out, don't, you know, I'm putting CO2 on you. Don't try to take a breath right away because you won't get any. It, right. you know, it takes away all the the oxygen. So then you're out, but then you still can't breathe, you know. So it was definitely, um, definitely an experience and a nerve-wracking one. Um, but it went well. It's, I think... There's maybe been like three jobs where I was really, really nervous before, just wow. not knowing what to expect. Um, that that adrenaline, that adrenaline must be must be toxic for you at that at that moment. I mean, uh, it must be yeah. it must be exhilarating to be in that situation. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, I w- I think I was a lot more nervous than exhilarated. And and you know what? It's something that I think every stunt person can can relate to is that you're not you're worried about your safety of course but you're more nervous about 
looking like an idiot or not doing the stunt right or them not getting the shot than you are about your own well-being. So I was more worried about like, am I going to, is it going to, am I going to, you know, are they going to get the shot? Am I going to, is it going to be long enough? Is it going to be what they want? You know, more than I'm, you know, worried about getting burned or of course you are thinking about all those things, but it's kind of like, it's funny how that just goes like kind of lower on your list. Your number one thing is to just make sure that that the coordinator is happy and that they get the shot. You are a pleaser, aren't you? I am maybe too you, fault. Yeah, <laughs> you are. You know, please stay safe. Please stay safe because I, I, I can hear, I can, he, I can hear from the way that. you're talking that you're that you're a pleaser, and it's like, just stay alive, be good, be well, and right, and, right, uh, yeah, and yeah, I mean, that is something that that we like. We have to remember it, and and now like being in having been in it for ten plus years, you know. I'm more, I always am a pleaser still, and of course, yeah. but realizing that, that this is just a movie, it's not worth, or a TV show, it's not right. worth getting hurt over or dying, right. you know, it's it's not, it's, of course you want to do a good job, but, but being able to stay no and stay alive is more important than, absolutely, than getting the shot, you know. You started working on a lot, a lot of, <laughs> it is a it is a very fine line, you know. You you I understand where you're coming from. I mean, you don't you don't want to seem like a weakling. You d- you definitely want to do your shot. You definitely want to put yourself out there. Uh, but it, it is a fine line between doing that and going like, hey, wait a minute, I don't I don't feel safe doing this. I just don't no, you know I don't no. think I don't think you I don't think you did this properly. You know, I think there's yeah. a fine line there. Yeah. Right, right, and there's sort of you know ways to go about kind of getting what you want or asking the right questions by kind of right. maybe taking the blame and saying, saying like, I, I feel like this or, you know, not, not being like you did this wrong, but just say, what if we did this or could we try this? I would be more comfortable if we did this, you know, and just not blaming anybody, just trying to work. Cause ultimately everybody's, we're a team and everybody's trying to get absolutely the ultimate goal. And if we can all help each other along the way, then that's the best way to get to the ultimate goal. Well, I would think that any stunt coordinator who looked at your resume would know that you've done so much work that you'd have at least a little bit of experience of knowing what is right and what is wrong for you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and most of the time I do feel very respected. There are some times when like, you know, there's somebody that is really experienced and, and, it kind of has a know-it-all attitude, but right. at the same time, I I feel like I have so much to learn still, and I'm always um, I'm not afraid to ask questions, and so I think that's another way to that that maybe you some people or at the beginning you feel like oh, I don't even want to ask a question because I don't want them to think that I'm being annoying or or bothersome, right. but I'm I'm especially with rigging stuff. I'm like, okay, well, we're where's my pick point going to be? How is this thing rigged? You know, just stuff like that. And I think that's a good way to, to, to not only learn, but to understand um, and, and become a better by understanding more of each sort of facet of sense. You can be right. a better performer because you can kind of know more sure. and, and be safer. But um, so I'm okay if somebody tells me something that I already know 
you know, I, I it's, I'm like, okay, uh, whatever. We're all trying to just do the same job safely. Right. So, um, right. Right. We're just trying to make a show, just trying to make a movie as, as a family, as, as, a, yeah. as, as people, separate parts, but all together. You know, what's interesting is that, that you went from all these kids shows to, from this point on, you start going into like really the adult sphere because you went to Sons of Anarchy. You went to The Mentalist. You did Grey's Anatomy. What was it? What was it like coming from the kid community going into the adult community? Um, you know, it's just I think full for like any any work I can get. So it didn't right. doesn't matter if it's Disney or um I, I did do like I kinda went to um it also depends on like the coordinators you work for, right. you know. So right. like working for a coordinator that does seven Disney shows and then kind of right. goes off and maybe does um does maybe stunts himself or starts coordinating features or other shows. Like you kind of maybe follow those and you're also branching out as a performer and you're right. you get to know more coordinators. So then you're kind of just working for, like I said, anybody that would hire me, I would, I'm, I'm so grateful. Well, you were, you worked on a lot. Work yeah. You worked all. on a lot of Disney stuff. I mean, you, before I get to agent of Carter, I mean, you worked on bones and then, and later on you worked yeah. on agent of Carter. How was, and uh, bones was one of my favorite shows. Did, did you oh, enjoy it? Oh really? I love that show so yes, much. I do too. I'm actually rewatching it right now. It's oh. like one of my quarantine projects. On, uh, Prime right now. That's awesome. Oh. That's awesome. I love yeah. that show so much. You know, I've I've watched him so I've watched him since Angel. I I mean, I was a huge oh, Angel he's fan. Buffy. Uh, me too. Oh. Buffy's like, oh my Anthony, god. Fill out your childhood superhero question on like. Did, did, did you like Angel? Making, it's Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, there's not a there's not a lot of stuff like Angel and Dollhouse and, and Buffy that can make me cry, yeah. but those shows made um, me cry. I know. Oh my gosh, I know. I know. Yeah, like the end of That's at the end of Angel it. when when they go through the killing spree and what have you, and and then he mm-hmm. dies at the very end. I mean, I wept. I know. And, and, you know, and a- Amy Ackar gets to him all of a sudden. Is like, you know, gets all pissed off. I was like, oh. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And I think, I think too. There's like, I, like you said, you're like, I was afraid to say something. I think a lot of the stuff that I'm maybe wouldn't want to tell people I watch now. I don't care anyway because people yeah. think what they want. But yeah, there's a certain sense of nostalgia with it that, like, you know, sure. I I loved. Buffy. I remember watching Buffy on like, um, like UPN. Remember Channel yeah. 13? Um, yeah. And it was the one with the where Spike makes the Buffy bot. Oh and yeah. It was like, it was like straddling Spike, and my dad was like, <laughs> my dad's like, what are you watching? Oh no! I I read I read the Buffy comic books. Yeah, I read the Angel comic yeah. books. Like when a- Angel when Spike when Spike had his own comic book as well. When he was uh, with a- Amy Ackar's character and she had a dragon. Yeah, I'm not afraid of saying yeah. like I like those shows at all. It's, it's when yeah. you say Jesse Jesse and shows like that that are like <laughs> Disney shows. That, that's where I get a like little kind of like mm, I don't know if I want to say I like this uh, show, but you know it, that's so Raven. I mean I love that yeah, show. Was, oh yeah, me too. 
me. I was young. Like, that's the Raven yeah. and Lizzie yeah. McGuire. I was like, oh, oh yeah. You know, all those. And so, it's like, Disney Plus, those shows are all yeah. back on Disney Plus now. So, I have I know. Like, of, of, like, re- like reminiscent childhood binging. <laughs> They're great shows, but did you talk about the Buffy and, and Angel shows? Did you did you watch the entire Buffy uh, uh, um, playlist? Did you watch the entire show? Yeah, yeah, I actually own it. I I I've watched it through like multiple times, but there's only yeah. a few shows that like I I love so much that I I love. It's it's funny because I I like never liked Twilight for some reason. I just I never liked Twilight. Me. No, but. Yeah. But I loved Buffy and I loved True Blood. And, I love True um, Blood. Yeah, see, so I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It was, it was more realistic to me. But True, True like, Blood it, was it, True it, Blood was a different show. Go ahead. Yeah, very different. Yeah. But um. Were you gonna I say? Think, like, I was gonna say like, like Buffy and True Blood and X Files, um, yeah. and like are some of my, and Friends, of course, but, like, those are shows that I can just watch over and over and over from, like, and from, like, beginning to end and never get sick of it and just fall in love. And that's, I think, for me, like, working on the pilot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, I, it was the pilot, you know, but it's Joss Whedon, so I'm, like, a huge Buffy fan, which is, like, oh, a yeah. huge Joss Whedon fan, so yeah. they're just, like, oh, my God, like, this is so cool, like, you know, kind of, keep it cool, play cool. Yeah. I'm a gigantic Joss, I'm a gigantic Joss Whedon fan. When I had the chance yeah. to talk and Guillermo del Toro, when I was able to talk to you know Doug Jones on the show, you know it, Doug Jones and I have been friends for quite a long time. But I, I think he always thought that I was a Doug Jones fan, and I had to eventually tell him like, no, I'm a Guillermo del Toro fan. I I knew you yeah. because I saw Guillermo del Toro. I saw you on Guillermo del Toro's film. And the same thing with with uh, with uh, with, uh, with him as well. Whereas, I love the characters, but it, Joss Whedon. I'm a huge Joss Whedon, huge Joss Whedon fan. Yeah. Where Buffy and I would never watch Buffy. I would never. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I would never have watched Buffy if it wasn't for Joss Whedon. I would never watch uh, Angel or Dollhouse if it was not for Joss Whedon. Right. Joss Whedon has a special way of a writing for women writing special special shows that are very yeah. special you know so that's just that's just my per- what do you like about him i i don't know i mean i didn't even really know like when i was first watching buffy when i was like whatever 12 or 13 like i never i didn't know to like pay attention to credits you know and and so i didn't know that joss whedon was the creator it wasn't until later sure. that i you know, watched it um, again, and I'm like, oh, like, he does, it's like, it's almost like strong, powerful female characters. Right. And um, just some, like, for me, just somebody, like, I want to be Buffy. I want to be her, you know, and then, and then, like, and then the same with, like, just Angel, like, the storylines, and. Right. um, It was wonderful. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't really pinpoint a, a reason just just that I I've, like I just enjoy you know with with his name on something I'm like oh I know I'm gonna like that because right. I like everything else that he does so yeah when he started doing Avengers films I mean it, that was like 
you know, the most amazing thing I ever saw in my life because you know, to watch him do that, you know, to watch to watch Dollhouse and then watch him leap on to making Marvel films was was quite a yeah. was quite a thing, especially when you watch like Firefly. I don't know if you're a Firefly fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then Serenity and going on from there. But anyways, you, mm-hmm. let's, let's move on. So you you you, you because we're going <laughs> to it's impossible to go through your entire resume because you have so many you have so many different things. But so let's talk about the Goldbergs because that's a great show. So you yeah. worked in the Gold. Yeah, yeah. you were in the Goldberg for, for, for a little yeah. for a little while. How was that? Yeah. Yeah. Till, till Sean grew too big. Um, the Goldbergs was really a, a fun, fun um, experience. And Sean is the sweetest kid ever. Like maybe, maybe one of the favorite, my favorite kids I've ever doubled. Cause he was just like the sweetest, kindest, like he would go to work and be like, Oh, Hey, Hey, how's it going? How are you? Oh, good to see you. Like, he just, he's like this little Midwestern kid and, you know, just like heart of gold and so grateful. You could just tell he's grateful and enthusiastic and um, never let anything uh, get to his head. Um, and then it's just, you know, fun. Like, the like the 80s are my favorite right. time period, you know. Even though right. I barely, I barely lived in the '80s for two months, you know, but um, I love that era. And so, yeah. like, so the wardrobes were super fun, and then the gags—it's a funny show, and so the gags were always silly and fun. Um, yeah. And it just, you know, it just it was just a, a really good experience, and I got to—I think I got to work on it like three seasons before. Yeah. He'd be he'd like, you know, five, eight or ten or something now. <laughs> he grew. Know, he, he grew, yeah. He did. <laughs> Can't put lifts in until I got, unless I got my Spice Girl platforms on. I'm not going to be five, five, eight. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love. Go ahead. I think that's the thing with doubling kids is that they grow. So you can only get so much time out of them. I know. You know what? What is, what is that like? Do you ever have any kids in any of your shows that kind of stay the same size, or do they always just kind of? What is it? You know what? Let, let me change. Let me change that question. What does it feel like to work to work with somebody, double them, and have them kind of outgrow you to a certain extent? Yeah, you know what? It just is the way that it goes. Like with doubling kids. Um, Almost always they grow. Um, I've had yeah. I've had gotten lucky. I got lucky um, to be on Jesse for so long. Um, yeah. Doubling Cameron and the Goldbergs was a good one. And then also on um, Game Shakers was another one where I I doubled Thomas Cook on it for for three seasons before he got to be you know he then he had he graduated to a, a an adult male stunt double um but it is really cool to see like i think i was probably a little bit taller than like in, thomas in the right. beginning and then and then you get to a point where you're the same height and then you get to the point where they're a little bit taller than you and you can wear lifts or get away with it depending on what the gag is and then there's a certain point where it's just ridiculous to try to double, <laughs> a, you know, a growing child. And it, but it is really cool to see, um, to see them grow and and 
you know, and it's almost, it's almost weird. It's like, like having like a little brother or sister to see them, like they're just these young, innocent things. And then they're going to be like 13, 14, and they start saying bad words or saying things that are like maybe more like adult conversations that you wouldn't sure. expect. But you're like, I guess, I guess they're 14. I guess that's what 14 year olds talk about, you know? And you're like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to um, but it is really cool and then on the other yeah. hand there's kids some kids that are are like you know you see them and they're so eager and so grateful and then you maybe see them like a few seasons later where they're like i need bacon right now please um, <laughs> so where they kind of get, let the let the you know the pampering because it's like, right i can you know you see how how child stars can get into trouble because they're just so used to it's not a reality it's not a real way of of growing up when you're working all the time and and people are anything you ask for you get you know it's 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 very right it's a I, I can imagine a tough way to grow up but most of the time they're just they're just sweet funny kids and they wouldn't be where they are if they didn't have good attitudes so does it take an emotional toll? Like when you see them grow, does it take an emotional toll? Do you, do you miss that? Do, what, what does it feel like? No, I mean, it's like, you know, kids grow. It's kind of like you, maybe if you don't get to double a kid that you really like, you make a little pouty face, but it's not, you know, I, I wouldn't cry over it. Um, but it's just, <laughs> it, it's just kind of, I, and I think at this point it's that you can't, it's inevitable you know it's gonna it's yeah. gonna come and yeah. um oh in, in the case of like game shakers you have like brian williams was such a fun coordinator to work for and, and vince um Dedrick too you know just being able to like double the kid for as long as you can and then then they'll find somebody else for you to double you know or maybe the girl that right. was itty bitty at the beginning and now is is five feet you can double her now right so try to um, you know, so just being able to work around that environment still right. is is nice too, because then you still feel like a part of it, and it it is like you said before, it is it's it's like a a family. You know, you you right. work with those people all the time. You spend all your days with them and all your time, and you just you know, it's like the right. same the same crew members, and you you get really comfortable, and then when you you go somewhere for the first you know you're the first time the first time you're on a show and so you don't really know any of the crew or you know and the longer you're in in this industry you know even outside of stunts like you know I'll see different crew members you know almost on every time I go on a different set like you see some familiar face and then especially within the stunt department even if there's like maybe there's like eight people I don't know I'll usually know at least one other person and so that kind of makes you feel better but it's when you are on a show for a while you just get to kind of have that like family vibe and so that's that's always hard to start over start fresh but sure um, well you were you worked with one of my my favorite up-and-coming actress McKenna Grace for for Captain Marvel I I adore her she's she's a great singer she's a great actor uh, she's she's got a lot of things going for her. How how was that yeah. set like? Because that set must have been explosive. Yeah. yeah. Um. It was really cool. Um. I only so I actually doubled her. Um. I think Emily was on another job, 
um, for the beginning of Annabelle. And so I doubled yeah. her for like a day That's or right. two on that. And that might, that might have been, that must have been after Captain Marvel. Um, but, and then before, uh, or on Captain Marvel, um, you know, those were some, some of the gags where they're kind of tricky. You had to like jump a go, do like a go-kart ramp. There that was, was like, the go-kart a, scene, right? On, yeah. There was like a ramp on the back of a go-kart and I had to like, hit it and jump it, like hit it at the right time and jump it and then like crash into some hay bales. And so that, that was, that Jeez. was pretty hard. And then I, um, and I crashed a bike also, which, so those were ones that, those were like pretty technical ones, things that I was like just really nervous about executing correctly and, and, you know, making sure everybody, the coordinators are happy and, and that I did a good job. Um, but she is um, she is really extremely talented and she um, is. sweet girl. I didn't talk to her a whole lot on Captain Marvel, but then when um, on Annabelle, it was like, oh, I recognize you. I doubled you on um, on Captain. Marvel. Oh, you worked on her with uh, An- on Annabelle. Yeah, on Annabelle, just for like I, I was covering Emily Brooks for like yeah. maybe two days or something, and, yeah. and so I was, you know, so I got to get to know her a little bit better on that and she is yeah. just you know she has a her mom was really cool and and she's she has a, a very good actress and then i saw her on um i every when i've been watching bones on the prime commercials that that's uh, right she's got another <laughs> movie at, what's that one called um wait, which movie was it that? looks really good it's like it's like a movie with alice and janney and um oh is, it, is that the one where like, they're they, Go ahead. They're like brown birds or Girl Scouts or something. Oh yeah, oh, I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. I, I saw the, I saw the movie. I actually <laughs> forgot the name of it. Yeah, I do too. It looks really cute though. So I, I need to watch it. And I got a So she seems yeah. like she's doing very well, and and that's something cool too. Like you you doubled them on you know oh, McKenna's not really the best example because Captain Marvel is right. a big movie, but you doubled them on something that's really small. You know, and then you see them, and you're like, oh, I'm so proud of them. Like, they're, now they're on this huge movie, and I doubled them when they were just on this like, yeah. low budget show, or, you know, so that, right. that is something really cool to kind of follow the careers and stuff. Well, the first um, time I noticed her, she was working with Chris Hemsworth on a film. So, you know, she's oh, been working with some some pretty high tech actors for quite a long time. Yeah. It's pretty, it's yeah. pretty intense yeah. to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you know, we, we, we're running out of time. We're almost hitting the two hour mark here, but let's talk about American horror story. I, I'm a huge American horror story fan. Uh, I, I, those are some of the best actresses on the planet earth that you're playing with right there. I mean, I, I can't imagine playing with a, any other kind of women that are like that. What was that yeah. set like? Um, that was, so cool. Um, I also was a, like a huge fan of season one of American Horror Story. Is like it was great. So good, so good. Yeah, the Murder House. But I, I, I love all of them, and I love the concept of how, um, you know, season is the same actors, but they're different characters. So seeing right. how different actors play different characters, I think, is a really cool. Um, you know, I, I don't really know if it's been done or not that I've seen, you know, so I really like not that, that I know of. of it. Um, yeah. And, um, and I love, I love horror. I love scary stuff. So like for me, that, that was really, 
really an honor. I got to get hit by a car by just Lang, which is very cool. Uh, season, season two. Jessica, Jessica um, Lang is one of the one of the best actresses on the planet Earth. She is really good, and I can't remember who was directing the episode, but we were obviously she wasn't driving. John Evans was driving um, the yeah. actual car, but it was like an it was a flashback, and it was you know some I want to say 40s or 50s. Ford old car and um and so did the car hit stuff and I can't remember if it was Tim Davidson or the director I think it was the director that was like they're shooting just like the insert stuff of her driving and they're like surprise her just jump on the windshield and so she gets that like a real reaction because like they were just she's just supposed to be driving in the car and then she was just going to react to it but Right. The director was like, jump on the car, you know, and so I jumped on the car, and she was like, oh, and like, she's like, oh, that was good, it gave me re- something to react to, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was like, scared me to death. You know, yeah, yeah, I think it did, which is she was supposed to hit a little girl who was riding a bike, so I gave a good reacting, um, which is really cool. A lot of times when you're just day playing on stuff, like, as a stunt performer, you you sort of want to like hang back and stay out of the way and and just like let the actors and the director do what they need to do as far as performance, and then you you maybe rehearsed or talked to the coordinator about what you're doing, and so you just kind of hang right. back and it's like you want to stay close enough to where you can know what's going on. So if the coordinator needs anything, you can run in and, and help, but far enough back so that you're not in the way or distracting um so i didn't get to like spend a whole lot of time with with any of really like sarah paulson i think is is amazing also um oh sarah paulson's great yeah yeah but uh, you know i don't get to like hang out in the cast chairs with them and have a full-on conversation sure can you can you can you tell us what you're working on on avatar 2 um, I just did like a day of like I think there was just like some insert stuff. I'm not I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say what we were doing, but it was just, you know, motion capture stuff. Um nice. and I just was covering I think again and somebody that they needed like a, a kid double for for just a day of this insert stuff or it might have been reshoots or pickups or something like that. But so it was just yeah. one day of um of motion capture stuff, which for me is, um, I prefer, like, I would much rather do, like, practical, like, on-location stuff. Um, motion capture sure. stuff is, is really cool for, like, a little bit of time, but I think I would have maybe gone a little bit crazy if I was on a stage doing motion capture for for two years. I don't know. Right. But that was for, that was for Garrett. Yeah, for Garrett Warren. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we weren't even to talk about The Walking Dead or Oroville or anything like that. But, uh, you know, if you because those are great shows. But yeah. if there's if there's a show that that's out there that you that you loved working on the most, which which show do you have out there that that, that is your show that that you enjoyed the most being on set? You know, it's, it's so hard to say because every experience is different and every yeah. show is different. Um, right. and the people are different. Um, so, and then the point you are in your career, you might 
take things like, you know, maybe early in my career, like that one was the most fun because we partied the most on that or we just, right. you know, um, <laughs> or this is like the one that challenged me the most, but the, off the top of my head, the first thing that comes to my mind is it's kind of silly of like Rim of the World. It came out on Netflix last year, I think, but it was a show that just, um, it was, you know, it was like, Two months over the summer, I got to work with Jade Kwan, who's one of my bestest friends and favorite stunt people. And um, I got to work for Brian McLight, who I respect and love. He's such an amazing coordinator. So being able to work with him was, was a huge honor. And then I got, I really got challenged a lot on that show. And the crew was great. And um, the whole the whole experience of, of that, you know, being challenged and, 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 and then seeing it come, you know, none of my gags really got cut. That happens a lot where you get, you get cut out. <laughs> right. Um, so all of the things that I did that were, you know, like we, it's like jumping out of a car and this big repelling thing and a fire burn and, you know, it's all just stuff that was, challenging as a performer like you know push me as a performer so it's really right. cool to see that come to fruition and see it on the you know not the big screen because it was netflix but right it's a pretty big screen it's, it's what everybody yeah. more yeah. people watch netflix than they watch the big screen i would say yeah true that is true yeah, yeah. That, that was just something that i am um the mo- most recently that i can think of that i'm i'm really proud of Nice. You know, if, if there's if there's anything you can give or, or something you can tell a young person, because you, you've worked with young people your entire life. If there's yeah. something, you, some advice you can give to a young person who, who wants, who's listening to this right now, who wants to be like you, do you have any advice for them or, or, war, or warnings or, or a thought for them? What, what would you say to them? I would say for one you know, work hard, train, train in everything you can, you know, driving as many facets that you can. And then persistence, you know, especially if you don't know people in the industry, it's a hard industry to break into and it's hard to get your name out there, but you just have to stick with it and push through. And if you can get there, it's very fulfilling. Yeah. What what is it about you that makes people want to work 12, 14, 16, sometimes 18 hour days with you? Because there's something there's something about you that people want to be around you. What what qualities do you think oh, those things are? I would hope so. Um I think it's more important that's something Mike told me also in the beginning is like mm-hmm. you can be the most talented person but if you're a jerk you're not going to get hired. Somebody who's maybe a little less talented, but more pleasant to be around is going to go a lot farther um, in in this business. Cause you end up, like you said, you end up either w- with somebody for months or weeks or hours right. on. Set. And I don't know. I, I try to have a good attitude. I think I, I like to make people laugh. So I try to um, be serious when I need to be serious, but also, mm-hmm have fun and make jokes um right and, and so i think maybe that's something that so so likability is very important likability and directability yeah. is, is very not very yeah. important 
Definitely, definitely. Because like you said, you have to be around, you you have to be, you can be talented, but if you're not somebody some that people want to be around, you're not going to get hired just as well as if you're, you have to have skill and train, but you have to be pleasant to be around also. And like you said, Drag, you have to be able to listen and follow directions. Right. Well, you know, you, you have a, a, a wonderful attitude. You, you, you're, you're incredibly physically trained. Uh, I, I personally can see why people would want to work with you. What do you, what do you see your career going to in the next, I don't know, five years? You know, I would, I hope I can work, um, you know, for, I hope I can hit the ground for another 10, 15 years, you know, um, hmm. Maybe maybe driving is a, a a good way to um, have less impact on my body, um, but ultimately coordinating is definitely um, on on the radar. And um, I always try to you know if there's coordinators that I can shadow or um, uh, that sign up a, for the new uh, stunt coordinator eligibility list. Um, that's really? something I was able to do in my in my quarantine time is to finish. You have to submit, you know, at least 500 days right. and take this course to be uh, the safety course to be um, on on in in I guess the directory of eligible stunt coordinators. So I, you'd like to be a stunt coordinator? Yeah, yeah. Um, so eventually, you know, um, it's. I think I. I maybe drag my feet more than I should because I I just realize how much not only work but responsibility comes with that. You know, it's right. so much more than just like being the boss. You know, that's you you have to go to meetings, make budgets, make connections with producers, hire the right people, make sure that everybody's safe. You know, you're reading scripts, breaking them down. You know. It, you don't like as a performer you go to work and you do your gag and then you come home maybe you train for it a little bit you know if you know you have a specific thing coming up or you rehearse but a coordinator goes home and looks you know figures out what's what's next and go you know so they there's really no sort of downtime of like like we go home we go and we do our gag and that's it but a coordinator there's a lot more work and responsibility that goes into it right let me ask you a question. You you use the word gag uh, like literally a hundred times, and that's a really <laughs> old word that we use in, in stunt performance and what have you. Where did you where did you get that phrase from? Uh, I don't know. I guess a coordinator that's like would say like, "Hey, I've got this gag," or "We've got you know, we're gonna the uh, do you know what the gag is?" Or you you know, or you go into set and the coordinator's like, "Okay, here's the gag." I don't know. It's just kind of. I can't. Be, I can't believe people are still using that. That's that's an old uh, like uh, like Hooper and uh, and uh, yeah. you know Burt Reynolds kind yeah. of <laughs> the Burt Reynolds days. Yeah. Do, you, do you ever watch those? Because you mentioned you mentioned uh, um, driving and what have you. Did you have you ever watched any of the old films, the older films of, of stunt people? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I mean, I think too. Of course, Hooper, obviously, and um, and then stuff like Dukes of Hazard is. It's really fun to watch, but I think like anything you watch as a stunt performer. Like, wait, wait a second. You, did, did you say you've seen Hooper, Kara? Oh yeah, 
Ah, uh, yeah, I own it. I love Hooper. My, da- you, my dad. You're joking. Yeah, my dad showed it to me when I first said that I wanted. Let me to then let's let's go over a scene real fast before we go. When when that when that pipe goes down, when it's exploding yeah. at the end yeah. scene, and it almost hits hits the back of the car, that's insane. Yeah, yeah I know. That, and the, like that, those. What were you gonna say? No, I'm not gonna say anything. Oh no, I was just like I think uh, like. Those were the days of where, like, they did a lot. Like, that was before CGI. So, like, that's right. there's a lot of practical stuff that they had to do that was just, like, balls to the wall, go for it. <laughs> and, like, and, and, of course, a lot of skill, like, those, the drive, the stun driving and the, the skill right. of, of those, like, gags that, that those guys did is just incredible because they were pretty much just doing it, you know, maybe like wire assist or of course planning, but you just have to, to the point, you know, you jump out of a helicopter or you're sliding a motorcycle under a truck or, you know, like right. doing, you know, you're just insane. Yeah, like, and you just did it. Whereas, like, today, we would probably do wires for stuff like that, you know. It would be, half that stuff would be CG. Yeah. Yeah. Did you you watch Smoking the Bandit and what have you? Yeah, yeah. It's like Cannonball Run? Yeah, I haven't seen Cannonball Run. You haven't seen Cannonball Run? Oh. Have you seen the other ones? You have to see Cannonball Run. That that will, yeah, that. Yeah, please do. Okay. <laughs> well, well, Kara, you know it, it's been lovely speaking to you. You're 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 wonderful. You're, you're an incredible artist. We we just love having. We're blessed to have you on. Everybody wants to know how how can they reach Kara Peterson? How can they how can they research you? How can they look you up? What 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 social media do you have that people can can find I- you? Uh, I'm on IMDb. Um, I have a um, Instagram. I'm pretty active with um, Kara G Peterson, um, and I have a website, KaraPeterson.com. Kara is K-A-R-A, and Peterson is P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N, not O-N. My yeah. Danish roots. Um, oh, nice. Um, yeah, so that's I probably Instagram or my website is the best way to. Get and get a hold of me. Okay, okay. And and what what do what are we looking forward to next uh, for any filming for you? What what are we looking forward to? You know, just being able to film. I don't know what this unprecedented time is going to. You know, I've read some articles about about how when when things start shooting again, how things are going to be different, and how maybe yeah. there won't be coffee or how lunch will be broken up and now everybody's going to have to get tested or everybody's going to wear masks right. if, except for the task, you know? So I'm, I'm looking forward to just being able to go back to work at all. And then right. hopefully having a time that gets back to some semblance of normalcy where we don't have to live in a world where we wear masks to work or have our temperatures taken before right. we go to set. You know? Well, I'm looking forward um, to that. I'm, I'm also looking forward to not washing my hands every five seconds. I know. 
Well, well, Garrett, thank you so much for being on the show. It, it was, you know, it was a blessing to have you on the show and thank you so much. And we're looking forward to your future, your career. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much. This was a blast. Thanks. We're going to clap you out of here. Hold on a second. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I just have a great weekend. Thank you so much for being on. Stay safe. Stay healthy. You too. Bye. Bye. That was Kara Peterson. What an amazing human being. What an amazing human being. I, I, I can't say enough wonderful things about her. A great athlete, um, a, great, a great addition to any crew. Uh, I saw her stunt reel, and she's incredible. Throwing through walls. She's a pleaser. You can see that about her. What a wonderful guest. So open, too. The things she talked about were very important things to talk about. Very informed, very educated. All the people here, you're smarter because she was an addition to this show today. You're better people because she was on this show today. You can't say that all the time. Smart, an incredible athlete, an incredible person, somebody to look up to. And all the young girls out there, all the young boys out there listening to this, this is the kind of person you want to listen to. Older boys, older girls, this is the kind of person you want to listen to. You can listen to the passion she has for her field, the love she has for her job, for her work, for her career. How informative she is. She should be a teacher in this field. And there's no doubt in my mind that she's going to be a sun coordinator or whatever she wants to be in her life. She'll be that. We're blessed to have her on this show today. That was a wonderful conversation. Wonderful. We are all better people to have her on this episode. Kara Peterson, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for talking us through a lot of the episodes in your life. Thank you for filling us in on things that could make us better at the things that we do, regardless of the things that we do. Remember what she said, likability. But I would say also, if you can listen to her, a sense of ethics and morality. She has that, a sense of ethics and morality. Not only does she have the charm and charisma, because that's obvious, but she has the ethics and the morality behind her as well. What a great human being.
And for all of you out there right now, suffering through this global pandemic, I hope you enjoyed Kara Peterson because she is a great example for all of us on what we should be like, looking forward to the future while being blissful towards the past, being happy about what she's done and looking forward to the future. Knowing it's good to laugh, knowing it's time to cry. I've been telling you guys for, for a little while now, right now is the time for reflection. Call that person Call that person. Read that book. Write that book. Watch that movie. Write that movie. If this is not a time to be a better person, then I don't know when it is. I love you all. Thank you very much for listening today. This has been Cinephiles Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. And thank you for blessing me with the ability to speak to you all today. Have a great day.